in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, this is serious. No more cake. No, no one should be bringing food into any office ever again. No more candy. No more cake. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the gift. It's the, it's the automatic default fallback on gift. Cake, donuts, candy, chocolates, whatever. Uh, there are morons like me who will just can't not eat. I mean, I eat like a dog when I'm around this stuff. I can't stop, especially, man, now it's twice, two days in a row. Somebody brought in a beautiful, um, a delicious lemon cake. Uh, and I had, 80% of it, <laughs> just and now an amazing chocolate cake. This is a problem for people, for people like me. We can't have that stuff around. It's, it, oh, gosh, it's so good, but it's so bad, loaded with sugar. Thank God for that balance of nature stuff. Phew. I do. I eat like an unsupervised 11-year-old child, and just having that stuff around is really, really taxing on me. I don't feel good. Um, it's good going down. I think I'm going to walk around from now on with some sort of physical reminder. It, a black, it, am I the only one? I mean, it's a borderline eating disorder. I Thank God I'm not bulimic. I mean, I, the thought, believe me, has crossed my mind. I just can't have the free food everywhere. In America, well, food is going up in price, but... Anyway, that's my beef. Nobody else's. That's that's my, I got to deal with that. Hey, they're, the Democrats have an announcement. They are having their 2024 convention in Chicago. Chicago, also known as Chirac. Uh, that place is totally out of control with crime, like just about every Democrat-run city in America. Why would they have it there? You have um, you pick a convention city for well, usually t- one of two reasons. Number one, you think it's going to help win the state. You're going to have the convention there, so it will put the state in play. Republicans did that in 2016 in Ohio. That you know what? This is going to be a battleground state. We're gonna we're gonna have our convention here. It'll generate some goodwill. Sometimes it works. Usually it doesn't, but it's worth a shot. And the other time uh, they'll have uh, like a theme. We want to emphasize a theme. Something that. You know, people associate the convention city with something we're trying to sell or talk about. Or, And in 2004, the Republicans, they actually came to New York City. They had no prayer of winning New York State, uh, George W. Bush, but they were able to come to New York to talk about um, 9-11, September 11th, right? And that was uh, George W. Bush's uh, great big shining moment uh, right up until he forgot to pound Afghanistan that night, as he should have been doing. Gave him a six-week head start. Thanks a lot, W. And now he goes around saying that we, we, MAGA. MAGA is the real threat. MAGA is the real threat. The nerve of that guy. I'm not finished with him yet, by the way. we got to talk about uh, George W. Bush. Where is he? Where is he? Where's Barack Obama? You know what? They, they just collect money. They just collect money and prestige and literally rest on their laurels. Can you imagine what an ex-president of the United States could actually accomplish? You know you can get anybody in the world on the telephone. Money is never an obstacle. You can go anywhere. All the doors everywhere are open to you. And this guy chooses to go to baseball games and uh, paint amateurish renderings of his friends in his basement. Thanks a lot, W. Obama, meanwhile, a bit more ambitious, wants to be a billionaire. 
And word is he's already there. And what does he do? I mean, you think about what that guy could do if he wanted to. In the hood, if he set up the Barack Obama conflict avoidance center, I don't know, what, whatever you want to call it. Just go into the neighborhoods and start talking to these young men, telling them to put down the guns. That would be really, really powerful. But he doesn't want to do that because he'd have to break a sweat. He might get embarrassed. People might wonder out loud, especially in the black community, hey, is Barack Obama even black? They're going to say that. They have said it throughout his career. And it's a sensitive sore spot with him. So he doesn't, he doesn't go there. So why are they having it in Chicago? I mean, it's just going to emphasize crime. <laughs> that city is totally out of control. And it's not like they're bringing in a new sheriff, the new mayor is uh, another soft-on-crime uh, maniac like outgoing Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Um, it's just uh, insanity prevails. It's not – there's no change. It's – man, I don't get it. Uh, do you? All right. Where, where are the Republicans having – I don't think we've decided yet. I say we. I'm not a Republican. Do you remember in 2020 when they made no city in the country would basically let Donald Trump have a convention there? They, everybody said no. Everybody said, no, we can't do it because of COVID. We can't do it because of this. We can't do it. So we wound up having it at the White House, and it was an awesome convention. That convention, so underrated, they won that election. Yes, they did. They won it. It's clear. It's obvious. I understand. You guys, you guys, right? You know, Joe Biden, he signed the paperwork. He's the president. I don't want anybody getting nervous. But you know, and I know. I know that you know that I know. That Donald Trump got more votes, more legitimate votes. All right. Uh, what is the other deal? Oh, that shooting in Louisville. Yikes. Um, the shooter, Connor Sturgeon. You see the pictures of him playing basketball with a helmet on his head. He was playing basketball. He's a very good basketball player. His father was the coach of the University of Indianapolis back when they were contenders for the final four or whatever. Uh, good looking guy, tall, uh, you know, athlete, 23 years old, but he got his head banged up so much in football, so many concussions that when he played basketball, he had to wear a helmet. Now, I've watched a fair amount of basketball. I'm not a big fan or whatever. I have never in my life seen anybody wear a helmet in basketball. Have you? Right? I've never, ever, ever seen that. So this guy, the concussions were so bad. That he had to wear a helmet. So that tells you a lot. Look, that guy's responsible, all right? He made these choices, horrible, horrible, all these beautiful people dead and uh, a cop clinging to life and others horrifically wounded in Louisville at that bank mass shooting. Word is they were about to fire the guy and they had him come in and uh, he had, well, he had a gun and he live streamed it. Just a terrible, terrible but I think the gun did not really, you know, it was just that, that was the instrumentation. There were so many other things going on in our culture. You know, like, quite frankly, football. <laughs> I mean, how many times do we have to see these football players? You hear about a CTE. CTE. You get banged in the head enough, you come up with something called CTE. It's a degenerative brain disorder. It's a thing. It's real. It's happening. And, uh, it's, you know, they're still banging the hell out of each other on that field. Uh, maybe we shouldn't be doing that anymore. I could care less about football. I could, uh, you know what? You guys can have it. You guys can have it. First of all, it's too slow for me. I don't care. It's always a, st- I don't care. I like watching the last three minutes of the Super Bowl if Tom Brady is the quarterback. That's it. I don't care about the rest of it. 
Everybody sits around drinking beer. I don't want to sound like, well, a jerk or whatever, but um, to watch these guys destroy themselves, and most of them are destroying themselves mentally, physically, maybe we need to move on that, move on from that. That would be something that a, an advanced society could do, but we are a silly, stupid, sick society, aren't we? And godless, absolutely. Man, we are depraved, and we are getting worse. And once again, it's all about guns. Let's have a discussion about guns, more gun control, ban assault weapons. That's a classic, right? You don't even know what the, you're talking about. You don't even know the terms. Let's not talk about what's happening culturally uh, with concussions or with uh, gender dysphoria. Two weeks ago, have we seen the manifesto of Audrey Hale yet? The shooter? The shooter in that case? No, we haven't. No, no, no. It looks like law enforcement essentially told us that she was um, motivated by, well, um, issues related to gender. And we're not going to see her her big manifesto, why she did what she did. I think we should see that. We saw the Unabombers. You know, they put the Unabomber. You can find it online, the Unabomber. Who's still in jail, by the way? Unabomber is alive in in prison. Um, we won't uh, talk about the underlying issues. We won't talk about uh, uh, gender. We won't talk about uh, concussions. But we will celebrate those beautiful young black men. Oh my goodness gracious! Those two lawmakers, so young, so black. Who the hell cares? But the media sure does. Cut twenty, please. Cut twenty. The expulsion of two young black men. A public lynching of two black men. They expelled two young black men. An assault on two young black men. These young uh, black men attempting to speak their truth to power. Yes, I see. I get it now. I get it now. Young black men, in your opinion, should have special privileges, right? I mean, it would be one thing if it were two old white guys who were being dismissed from the Tennessee House of uh, whatever. But uh, two young black men, no, that's status, and you can't mess with that. That's uh, that's hip. That's cool. Normal people don't care, by the way. Normal people don't look at the world uh, that way. Somebody breaks rule, breaks the law. Uh, <laughs> I'm not particularly, uh, you know, who cares really what's going on? This thing has been blown out of proportion. The Tennessee House of Representatives, but I will say this: uh, it looked a little January sixish to me. And Justin Jones, he's the guy, he's the state representative, former, with the great big head of hair. Cut 21, please, yelling and screaming. Cut 21. No justice, no peace, no action, no peace. No justice, no peace, no justice, no peace. He and his friend handing the handing the uh, big bullhorn back and forth to each other. He's singing and chanting no justice, no peace is a lot more fun then rolling up your sleeves and having to deal with some uh, other legislators and forming a coalition and getting people to join. No, that's that's a real big pain in the neck. But yelling and screaming, yelling and screaming is uh, that's uh, that's that's what you should be doing. Hey, listen to this. This guy who's totally changed his tune. At one point, he was like a reasonable guy uh, like like two months ago. Now he's crazy. Cut 22 to speak from the well as you are speaking today. You were able to speak because Speaker Sexton recognized you in the well to be able to speak. Representative Jones. Thank you. I'm able to speak because the people of District 52 sent me here to speak. 
Speaker Sexton is not my constituent. Speaker Sexton is not a king. Speaker Sexton is not God, though he may want to be. He is my colleague. And so the people of District 52 sent me here to speak. And it's them who I asked for permission if I can speak and represent them. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. You think it might be a kind of a pain in the neck dealing with a guy like that? As they go around yelling and screaming about how many people sent them to Nashville. They're really high on their own supply here. And they're lying. They're exaggerating all the numbers. Uh, cut 23, please. Because it also is an attempt to silence and undo the will of over 200,000 Tennesseans whom the three of us represent. And it would be a disenfranchisement of over 70,000 voters who are represented in that district. You're silencing the voice of 70,000 Tennesseans that sent me here. Wow. So I looked it up. Uh, (laughs) It's not 70,000. It's not 200,000. It's actually, in one case, 442 votes. 442 votes sent that guy to Nashville because no one's votes in these elections that are held in January and March. When's the last time you voted in March in a primary for your state representative? It's uh, they're acting like a democracy because we sent these guys home. Democracy is hanging by a thread. Democracy. How about democracy where you guys are opposed by a Republican? No, they had no opposition. Zero. None. Cut 24. We called for you all to ban assault weapons, and you respond with an assault on democracy. The most very basic thing was to ban assault weapons so we can stop these mass shootings. Instead, they responded by assaulting democracy. We see a direct assault on democracy. This was flat out an assault on democracy, and it's not a coincidence that they removed the two black men and kept the white woman. Their attack on democracy hurts all of us, whether you're black, brown, or white. It is an assault on all of us. Hey, it's funny. We hear the white woman is playing the race card. She says that they only kept me because I'm a white woman and they're two young black men. Well, I examined the footage and for all of her big talk and for all of her, you know, passion about uh, guns and getting them out of schools and all that stuff. Uh, I noticed that she was just standing there. <laughs> she t- she goes down uh, when she's not supposed to. House is in session and she just marches down to the what they call the well with her two friends, and uh, they grab the bullhorn. They're going nuts. They're saying no justice, no peace, you know, pow- people to the power to the people and all that stuff. And she's just standing there. <laughs> she's just standing there. And that's why she's off the hook, not because she's white. Really, enough, enough. As Mark Levin said, it looks like they want to start a race war. The media in this country want to start a race war. People don't. Regular people, no matter what the hell your color is, we don't want that. But boy, oh boy, are they on there. Democrats, especially Democrats, their friends in the media, trying to put us at each other's throats. It's not going to work. But damn, damn, are they pushing it. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, just because Joe Biden said something at Bunny Rabbit Day at the White House doesn't mean it's happening. He indicated that he's running for president. I've heard about this. He told Al Roker, uh, Al Roker, 
the following. Cut one, please. Cut one. I was just wondering, uh, uh, Mr. President, uh, will you be uh, taking part in the Easter egg rolls uh, after planning on after 2024? Well, I plan on uh, at least three or four more Easter egg rolls. At least three or four more? Maybe, maybe, maybe five. Maybe five. <laughs> maybe maybe so, six. So what the hell? Are you, are you saying that, uh, that you would be... Uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024. Well, I'll, so I'll, I'll either be rolling an egg or you know being the, the good, you know the guy who's pushing them out. Come on, help a, bro- help a brother out. Make no, some news no, for no, me. No. I, well, I, I plan on running Al, but we're not prepared to announce it yet. Hmm. Love Al Roker actually. Uh, uh, okay, I'm, I'm I'm running, but I'm not plan I'm not planning to announce it yet. What the hell? You just did. You just did. I guess you know that you have bosses. He does have bosses, Susan Rice, Barack Obama, George Soros. They haven't made up their minds yet. I think they have. They would love somebody else to run. You know, you can only rig it so much. I mean, what's going to happen at the debate? This guy's going to fall literally fat on his flat on his face. That's the risk you run with a guy like Joe Biden. And if they dare put him forward, then you'll know. You will know. It'll confirm all your worst fears about 2020 that they can do in 2020 they can do in 2024 what they did in 2020. They will tie it up, rig it all over again. Um, how? I mean, how on earth? Now, their alternatives are uh, pretty crummy. Uh, their alternatives are lousy, and they may have to rig it anyway. I mean, Gavin Newsom, look at the chaos that's unfolding in California. I mean, look at it. That place, talk about Chirac. I mean, that place is like the sedan. It's crazy. It's insane. San Francisco especially. He used to be the mayor there. What does that guy have going for him, Gavin Newsom? Uh, oh, yeah. He's thin. He's tall. He's got great hair. And he's been playing the Democrat phony talking point game for a long time. And, well, that means you too can be president? It's not going to be Kamala. Although they're going to have a hard time getting rid of Kamala. Why? Why? Well, because she's a black woman. That's why. It's one thing. You can just push, you know, get rid of a white guy no problem but a a woman of color yikes you better lawyer up and come up with a very very elaborate pr strategy there's no explaining that one traffic jams tailgating pile-ups oh the joys of driving how could it get worse the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive that's right The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Former President Donald Trump is returning to New York City later this week. He's scheduled to sit down for a second deposition with New York Attorney General Letitia James on Thursday. Her office has filed a $250 million civil fraud lawsuit. Trump is expected to arrive on Wednesday night and stay at Trump Tower in Midtown. Meanwhile, Republicans in Congress are escalating their legal threats against Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg after his indictment of former President Trump. Next Monday, the House Judiciary Committee is holding a hearing in New York City. Republican Jim Jordan of Ohio claims Bragg's policies have increased crime and made the city more dangerous. Bragg is hitting back, calling the move a political stunt. Oh, you think so? Alvin? 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 
Alvin, I know something about you. You went to collegiate. That's a private school. Alvin. Alvin went to all the right schools, lives in a beautiful brownstone uptown, did very well, intact nuclear family, not at all cool with the certain constituencies that Alvin is trying to impress. And nothing more gangsta, I guess, than going after the president and letting guilty people go. Resisting arrest. You can resist arrest. You can ride the subway for free. Armed robbery, at least if that gun doesn't go off, no problem. No problem. Um, by the way, the gun did go off. Did you see this thing on, in, on, what is it, Lenox, Lenox Avenue, uptown Manhattan, uh, in a smoke shop? Hey, these things popped up overnight. They're not exactly, uh, <laughs> not exactly a wholesome environment. Everybody in there is high. All right. Everyone's smoking weed. The stuff is incredibly potent and bad for you. And they're smoking away. And I guess they got into an argument about nothing. Two guys, one wearing a yellow coat, the other one wearing a black coat with FDNY patches on it for some reason. Fire department. He's no firefighter. Uh, it wasn't an official jacket. Exchange words, and the guy shoots him in the head. Falls down, and then he shoots him two more times, and then he picks his pocket. And the reaction from the people is kind of like shrugging their shoulders. This is chaotic. You know what? I may have to get the hell out of here. I just may have to get the hell out of here. Who cares? You know? No, stay in New York. Yeah, really? Well, when you got kids involved, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I just don't know. Mm, Letitia James going after President Trump over what? Over what? This is going to be fun. You know what you see? How ignorant and foolish Letitia James is. Uh, like as she, Who knows more about real estate? <laughs> okay, Donald Trump or Letitia James and her staff? They are about to embarrass themselves big time. Now, I am, uh, I'm not, I'm not a real estate mogul, obviously. I'm <laughs> not right, but I do glance at the business pages. All right. I glance at the Wall Street Journal and I'm, it's one thing I'm actually not bad at. I can look at a building or a house and give you a pretty damn good idea of two, of, of a couple of things. Number one, how old it is. I don't know why I can do this, but I can tell you 95% of the time, if you show me a house or a building, almost exactly how old it is within a year or two. Doesn't matter if it was built in 1984 or 1894. I can always tell. Um, and I can give you a pretty good idea what a building is worth. I don't buy buildings. I don't sell buildings, but I read enough and I kind of know the area enough where I can kind of tell what something is worth. And when she was going off about, uh, that he overvalued buildings, I'm like, are you serious? She's crazy. She is absolutely crazy. She knows nothing. Now, Donald Trump in 2011 was valuing apparently on some form, which is okay because you can put out, you can put any number you want. The bank is going to verify it. I think he put that 40 Wall Street, which is an iconic building. 40 Wall Street's famous. 40 Wall Street, uh, is at one point, I think the tallest building in the world. Not for long, but for a little while. Anyway, he put it at like $450 million or $500 million. And Letitia James, in all of her wisdom, said that, that building was actually worth $200 million. Now, no freaking way. And right around that same time, uh, buildings were selling for a billion dollars in New York. Jared Kushner, the son-in-law, even before he met Trump, bought 666 Fifth Avenue. Ever been there? It used to have a club at the top of it. It was the Playboy Club for a little while. Then it was a club called Top of the Sixes. And now it's the Havana room for guys who like cigars. I personally don't like cigars. 
I try to like them. Everybody, every time somebody offers me a cigar, I wanna, I wanna like it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know. Yeah, I just can't, I can't keep the flame going. I don't know what to do. And oh, by the way, it makes everything smell bad. Maria in Short Hills, hello. Uh, at, the, at the top of the show, you were thinking out loud, where was the GOP convention in 2024 going to be held? It's, in, it's going to be held in Milwaukee. Well, that's a good – that's a – that's that's and that makes sense because, you know, we have a shot at winning Wisconsin, and that can go – you know, that, that, that'll that help. That will help. But why would they have it – why would the Democrats have it in uh, Chicago? Just going to call to mind all the awful things that are going on in Chicago, right? I mean, I don't know. They're crazy. They're high on drugs, literally. The staffers, so many people are making terrible decisions because of weed, because of cannabis. Excuse me, cannabis, CBD. Ooh, it's so good. No, it's not. Anyway, Maria, what else? Okay. Did you notice yesterday at the Easter Egg Roll how close Jill was to Joe yesterday? It's almost as though she's glued to him. I think for two reasons. She may be whispering in his ear what to say, number one, and this is a little nasty, but she could be holding up the guy. I mean, like, he was totally, totally out of it, and now he's going to Ireland. What the heck is he going to be doing in Ireland? It's an absolutely beautiful country. I was there four summers ago. It's absolutely beautiful, but what What's going on in the world with China ready to, to uh, invade Taiwan, with the Ukraine war still going on, with what's happening in our country with the mass shootings almost every week? What the hell is he going to do in Ireland? He certainly can't climb the steps at Blarney Castle and kiss the stone there. Could you imagine him doing that? Forget yeah, it. can't even climb the steps of Air Force One. Hey, I noticed this. You're right about uh, Jill. She's very protective. Uh, she's got a lot of juice. And, oh, by the way, she's a nasty, nasty person, especially when you call her Jill Biden or Mrs. Biden. Remember, it's Dr. Jill Biden, not a doctor. Totally phony situation. Um, but I noticed this this morning when he was going to Ireland uh, and getting on the plane. You know who was with him? Hunter and his sister, Valerie. I mean, very conspicuously getting on Air Force One. And I... I've seen this a lot. I see Hunter getting off a of Marine One with the president going on Air Force One like he's a big shot. No, you're not. I, I And I looked it up. I'm trying to uh, – you can't find the Trump children doing the same thing. You can't. I found one picture so far of the Trump children on Air Force One, and uh, they're not – it's on January 20th, 2021, Donald Trump's last day in office, going for the final ride to – uh, Key West, or I'm sorry, uh, Palm Beach, you know? So there's something about it. Like the Trumps understand that Donald Trump was elected president. He's the one with the power. They're the ones, they're the kids with the business. Hunter has this thing, you know, where he's like, I've got power too. I'm a presidential son. I've got, I, I carry weight, you know, and why else would, Hunter, Hunter's lawyers are writing letters to the IRS complaining about people asking for investigations. Did you know that? Yes, I did. You can't compare compare the two families. We're talking about class, I hate to say it, versus trash. Yeah. Trump kids are great, well-educated, good kids, never in trouble, hardworking. You're absolutely right. And uh, they, they were in business for a long time before their father ever got involved in politics. And, oh, by the way... Joe Biden, well, there was never a time in Hunter Biden's life when he wasn't involved in politics. Never one moment. 
That's kind of sad. It's kind of like, you know, in many ways, Hunter had, he had unique challenges. Look, everybody has challenges. I don't like Hunter, but I love the guy, to be honest. And you've heard me say that before. Hey, there's something else about Hunter, which I think maybe they should talk about. I don't know. I mean, he was in that car accident. He had a really bad bump on the head. Did that have something to do with his uh, erratic behavior? Because, man, it's erratic. It's crazy. Who the hell acts like that? Yeah, you never know. All right, thank you very much. Uh, Oh, Sandra's standing by. Yes. Oh, good afternoon, Greg. Um, You know, I don't want to give this man notoriety by saying his name, but I'll just say today that kind of surgeon mass killer. You know, I bet we'll never find out, but maybe we might. I bet it was related to the fact the concussions, which often can cause um, encephalopathy, that is like um, you lose your balance, you have poor judgment, and sometimes aggression. That coupled with the fact that he heard his job was on the line. I was an executive recruiter, and I interviewed many, many people in my life, and some of them were a little bit disgruntled. So my concern is for this country and people who work Look at the look what happened with that post office thing, how that guy killed all those people, Edmund, the Edmund post office shooting. I'm afraid now when people are, are not happy on their jobs or they get fired, I'm afraid that unless these companies handle these people very, very gingerly, maybe give them a different job in the company, or I don't know, but I'm afraid this is, I, I have a feeling this is what why he did this. Well, wait, we have no idea, all right? We have absolutely no idea. Hey, when you're 23 years old, oh, by the way, he's 23 years old. If you get fired from a job, I mean, you know, I mean, like you're 23. You got like a lot of time to come back from that. You know, he had a master's in finance. I I don't know. But I love, you know what I love most of all that you said encephalopathy correctly, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE, encephalopathy. Now I can say it, but I'm reading it right now. Encephalopathy. This is what the football players get. And you're right. It can lead to all kinds of things, including aggression, including aggression. Did you know that I had a mild traumatic brain injury once? No. Yep, I sure did. Oh, my God. How did that happen? Uh, well, I was in a plane crash, actually. I was in a plane crash, and uh, my head got banged around real bad. Uh, I was uh, out of it for like five to ten minutes. I was unconscious. And I thought I was fine, but the doctors were like, no, oh, you're not fine yet. <laughs> you need to, you need, you need, you need a, you need to take a rest. So three months later, uh, maybe four months, uh, of, of resting, I was able to fly again, but I was, uh, yeah, I was pretty banged up. Uh, CTE. And that was just one thing. These football players getting pounded routinely every single day. Um, yeah, tough stuff. Hey, one other thing though, I don't want, you know, employers on the last day, it can get very, very, it can get iffy. It can get very cagey. You know, it can get re- weird. You never see the guy get escorted out by HR or, God forbid, security. We don't want a society where you lose a job. They an, a, automatically assume you're, you know, a, a maniac or you're going to go postal. Hey, by the way, what post office were you talking about? I don't remember anything about that. Oh, that happened in uh, in 1987. I think it was called the Edmund post office shooting oh and that's and, what uh, that that's where that phrase comes from going postal right that's right and 14 men 14 people were killed and this was a disgruntled employee who lost his job and went and did that so i'm not saying people are going to do that 
But I'm just, I have a funny feeling with this guy, Connor. He was working more than you think. He was working a, a lot from what I've read. And, and I think... Well, what do you mean uh, he was working a lot? What do you mean by that? Was, he, he was working in that bank for quite a long time. He did an internship. Oh, yeah, there. I know. He's an internship. But, I mean, he's 23. How long could he have been working there? It's a little bit... The whole thing is weird. The whole thing is awful. Um, and you got to admit, I've never seen a basketball player ever wearing a helmet. And this guy was a pretty good basketball player, and he's wearing a helmet while he's playing basketball because he had all these concussions and then had to do something with it. All that to say, look, there's so much that goes into these uh, these mass shootings that have nothing to do with guns, nothing to do with guns. I mean, all kinds of other uh, pathologies, if you will, issues, uh, our sick culture. Did you see me play the video games the other day? I mean, have you seen the video games? Have you seen the carnage that happens in video games? Remember Space Invaders? Remember Pac-Man? Those things were so innocent and gentle. I mean, they're literally blowing. I mean, the head's exploding. It's really horrible stuff. That has got to have an impact. And you throw into the, the psychotropic drugs in the mix. But no, don't talk about that. I had Bob Barr on last night, the former congressman from Georgia. He's an NRA board member. And, yeah, he validated that. He said, like, if we really talked about pharmaceuticals, well... People would have to do a lot of work to find out what's really going on, and they may make some big enemies. The pharmaceutical industry, they they pay so much in lobbying, so much in uh, TV advertisements, and that's why it never gets remarked upon when it probably has a big role in all of this. Thank you, Sandra. Be right back. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, I complain about TikTok a lot, but it's pretty damn good. Oh, my goodness gracious, the content on this thing. All right, here's a comedian, this guy I like. His name is Steve Byrne. Are we ready? He gets a little sexual, but he does it in a very, uh, I think, a very benign manner. All right, his name is Steve Byrne, and he's all over TikTok and Instagram. I, he should be the most famous guy in the world. I find this funny, but maybe, uh, all right, hold on a second. Let's see here. I'm going to turn it up on my thing. All right, here we do it. Uh, it go, right, go, Steve. This job, I stay in a lot of hotel rooms. The other night I was walking down the hallway of a hotel Monday night out. It's like 2, 3 in the morning. I heard people having sex. It's very uncomfortable when you hear that. Some guys are loud. I'm not. I'm very quiet. <laughs> I'm just happy to be there, you know? <laughs> I'll tell you what I sound like when I make love to a woman. I'm actually pretty bad at it. I call it making like. When I make like to a woman, I sound like a very scared man who's crossing a very thin sheet of ice. And all he's trying to do is get to the other side alive. That's what I sound like. Sounds something like this. All right. What do we think of that? That guy's good. Is he good or what? Steve Byrne. 
Uh, why isn't he more famous? So, uh, the, the last late night at a late night talk show, stand up special, streaming now on Amazon Prime. You know, the thing is, everyone has a million different streaming services. We're looking in a million different directions. You know, my friend Harry Lorraine died. And, you know, there was a time he told me about this after he was on the Tonight Show. The next day, he'd walk down Central Park South and everybody would say something about his appearance on the Tonight Show. Everybody, the doorman, celebrities, regular people, cab drivers, everybody knew and saw that he was on the Tonight Show. Harry Lorraine, great memory expert. Oh, we got to do that thing because it works. It works. It works. It works. Um, oh. Do we have time for this 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 woman stirring the racial pot? <laughs> I I proved last night what a liar she is. Gloria Johnson, one of the Tennessee three, who I call the Tennessee zeros. Um, I showed how there was everybody else except her. Her two friends, the two Justins, were yelling and screaming and using the bullhorn. Cut twenty one, please. Cut twenty one. No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. And they're saying it into bullhorns, which you're not supposed to do. I mean, you can't do that at work. You can't do that where you work. You can't do that anywhere um, unless you are where? At a, at a monster truck rally. Okay, go for it. Bring your bullhorn to the monster truck rally. You can't bring it to the House of the Tennessee uh, House of Representatives, right? You can't do it. You can't do it. But here's why she was not expelled. Now, she wasn't expelled. And I'll tell you right now, I looked at the footage. She wasn't yelling. And she didn't have a built bullhorn. But listen to what this little race baiter says. Cut 39, please. Cut 39. I think it's pretty clear I'm a 60-year-old white woman. And they are two young black men. Oh, wow. You know, for a long time you weren't, you know, it was kind of like the thing to do was to never acknowledge race. You know, I don't see color, right? But now it's you. It's it's everything. It's And it's so cool to talk about color. Oh, it's so cool. What virtue she's showing. She's signaling, right? Oh, I'm a white person. That's why I was not persecuted. But I should be. I should be for all of the sins of my ancestors. What? Um, That was something else. Hey, the Dalai Lama. Has he uh, stepped down yet from being the Dalai Lama? What is that job that he has? Dalai Lama is some guru. I've always thought he was a bit of a fraud myself. And now I guess everybody knows it. Dalai Lama uh, asking to make out with a nine-year-old boy. Cut 40. And <laughs> suck my tongue. <laughs> he kisses the kid and then asks the kid to suck his tongue. And he sticks his tongue out. And the kid gets really close. Kid's kid's innocent, nine years old. What does he know? Oh, my gosh. Actually, the kid is kind of like, huh, the tongue, really? So uh, is this just going to be brushed under the rug? Or we all move on? Is Richard Gere still friends with this guy? Prince Charles, George W. Bush, Hillary Clinton, uh, Barack Obama. They all entertained him at the White House, you know. Uh, Dalai Lama. What does he stand for? Who is that guy? Who is he? The Dalai Lama. Tibet. Anybody ever been to Tibet? Um, my brother and mother went there together. And I'm so proud of them. They did not even attempt. They did not even think about climbing Mount Everest. Oh, what a disaster that would be. Mountain climbing. 
There's not one. Just skip it. All the cool mountains have been climbed. Nobody needs to be doing that. Oh, and they get the Sherpas to do all the work. Do not climb a, a mountain, especially Mount Everest. If you ever want to read a book about that, it's called Into Thin Air. All these rich people hire the Sherpas, and it's a total disaster. Good book, though, Into Thin Air. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's pretty amazing. Uh, these trials continue, these harassment trials of those who were there on January 6th. And some very interesting information is coming out that, I mean, it looks like the FBI, there were more FBI agents uh, posing as Proud Boys than there were Proud Boys. Uh, unbelievable. They had dozens and dozens of federal agents there on January 6th. You know, if just one of them, could have called ahead to the Capitol and say, hey, these guys, uh, we're coming your way. Why don't you make sure you got enough cops there and you lock all the doors? They didn't do that. They did not do that. They didn't call with a heads up. It's the first thing I would have done. Uh, these guys were coming. Uh, you sure you're ready for us? Everything locked up? No, instead, maybe some of them even tried to stir the pot, try to make some people even angrier. Is that what happened? I wonder what's going to happen ultimately, though, years from now, if we will find out the truth about what happened in the November of 2020 election. I just have a hard time believing that Democrats, the media, the culture, uh, the, the dominant media, big tech, they just said after 2016, well, we're going to undermine Trump every step of the way. All right, we're going to impeach him. We're going to investigate him. We're going to criminalize everything he does. And uh, we're going to hound him. We're going to try to hound him out of office. But when he runs for re-election, we're just going to stand by and let the people choose. <laughs> we're just going to see who wins. I don't think they would have done that. I know they wouldn't have done that. I think they would have gone to great lengths to make it assured, to guarantee that their guy would somehow come out on top. Look at Philadelphia. Look at that nonsense. You're telling me that Joe Biden got more votes in Philadelphia in the in, in, in hardcore neighborhoods, urban than than Barack Obama did. I don't believe it. I do not believe it. I'll never believe it, quite frankly. I will never believe that. Same goes. Hey, good luck with this Atlanta case against uh, President Trump. That's not going to work either. You know, these people have to realize that there are. Well, I hope, I hope there are some judges out there with integrity. I really do, because you can get up there and say, I just want to find the votes. I know they're out there. I want to find those votes. He didn't say make them. He didn't say create them. He said find them. When you're counting and votes are coming in from all over the state, finding votes. Let's find all the votes. And he said, I just want to find the votes. Isn't he allowed to say that? He wants to find the votes. I think that's fine. I think it's great, actually. So he's coming back tomorrow. And tomorrow, oh, here's something. Hey, Diego, do you have that yet? Uh, so, all right, you know these characters down there who got kicked out of the Tennessee State House? I guess one is back, and they're pretending it's about democracy. They're pretending it's about this. They're pretending um, they're just a bunch of jerks. I mean, really nasty guys, really nasty. Um, here someone tries to, well, here he is. This is cut 26. All right. Now, if you make a mistake, 
If you have a political enemy, I'm sorry, political enemies are allowed to talk to you any way they want. And this guy, Andrew Farmer, does not like Justin Pearson. Well, I don't like Justin Pearson either. But anyway, listen to what this guy says. This is on the Tennessee House floor right after they kicked out or were about to kick out Justin Pearson for blowing that bullhorn in the middle of a meeting. Cut 26. Just because you don't get your way, you can't come to the well, bring your friends, and throw a temper tantrum with an adolescent bullhorn. It doesn't give you the right to enrage folks that are here to watch this body conduct business and talk about things you know good and well. That we've worked hard, we've worked very hard to protect our children here in the state of Tennessee. Very hard. You know what? And what you could do, you could maybe could file a piece of legislation that maybe you'd do that instead of sitting back and criticizing folks that's worked really hard for the past decade to do so. That might be a place to start. But certainly don't start by commandeering the well while we're conducting business here in this Tennessee General Assembly. That's why you're standing there, because of that temper tantrum that day. Yeah. He threw a temper tantrum. He's being called out on it. And oh, by the way, this Justin Pearson guy, the one with the afro, he became a legislator like two weeks earlier. It's not like he had decades of experience or years of experience or even months of experience. He had days of experience. Now listen to this cat, right? Instead of, instead of addressing what was just said, it's the tone, it's the tonality, and it's racist. Cut 27. Yes? You all heard that. How many of you would want to be spoken to that way? How many of you want to be spoken to that way? We're not talking about politics. We're not talking about even gun violence. How many of you would want to be spoken to that way? The reason that I believe the sponsor of this legislation, this resolution, spoke that way is because he's comfortable doing it. Because there's a decorum that allows it. Oh, my goodness gracious, a decorum that allows it. Hey, sorry, he's not a fan of yours, okay? Who would want to be talked to like that? I want to hear praise and love all day long. That's not the way the world works. you got enemies, especially in politics, especially from an opposing party, especially when you grab a bullhorn and you shut down legislative action, when you shut down a session. People aren't going to like that. How, how would you like to be talked to like that? Oh, I get it. Yes, it's racist. It's racist. And it's just, just as it's racist. Listen, there's a woman named Lois Berry. She died like 10 years ago. Justin Pearson never met her. She was a legislator in the Tennessee House. And Justin believes firmly that this woman, Lois, who was a lawmaker, who happened to be black for a very long time. She was there for like 40 years. They wouldn't let her be speaker why? You guessed it, because she's black or, or was black. Cut 28, please. I will say this. Lois D. Berry, Speaker Pro Tem, why was she never the Speaker of this House? She deserved to be Speaker of this House. And the reality is, the reason that she was saying things about decorum and things like that, was because she understood that the institution that she was a part of 
institution as the second black woman, I believe, to ever be elected in the Tennessee state legislature. The way she had to present herself, the things she had to do and say, and the way she had to look was so important because black folk wouldn't be respected otherwise, because white folks wouldn't respect him. Oh, wow. White folks, white folks. This guy, this guy is like a throwback to the Black Panthers, to the, uh, to the weathermen. He, well, he really hates, he's, there's a, there's a, there's a contempt in his voice. Anyway, I looked up, uh, Lois D. Berry because I became curious. Okay. Who is Lois and why didn't they make her speaker after all those years? And, uh, about, 15 seconds later, I found out the reason. She accepted a bribe from the FBI. That's why she did not receive that speakership, Mr. Justin P. Pearson, because she was corrupt. At least there was the appearance of possible corruption. And when we have that, we must not allow certain people to maintain certain offices in this great land of ours. Oh, no. And oh, by the way, what am I doing? Yes, I'm mocking the way he speaks because he speaks. It's phony. It is phony. You want to hear the way this guy normally sounds? And then this affectation that he chose for his own political. He had to be somebody. And you can pick who you want to be in America. I guess you can. The first voice you're going to hear is Justin Pearson like three years ago. All right. He's a young man on the move. Kind of impressive, actually. And I like what he's putting down. All coming together, and you know, there's some sort. Of <laughs> and then look at what it becomes. Go ahead. Hey, everybody. I'm Justin J. Pearson, and I'm running for president of BSG. There are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. How can we represent all voices in a conversation? I want to do this by partnering with organizations from the Boone Democrats to the Boone Republicans. I want to bring together different voices, dissenting voices, voices that may be more liberal or more conservative, in order that we can reach a point of sort of the radical middle where conversation and dialogue happens and growth happens. Right now, we have tensions on our campus that can only be resolved by understanding one another. And creating those forums and those spaces will be a part of the legacy I hope to lead as the BSG president. BSG must also work better as a liaison between students and administration. Not working for administration, but nice. bringing the concerns, the values, and the beliefs of students by listening and engaging with the student body to administration, not for administration. Next, we really want to work on safety and security. This year has shown us the challenges we have on our campus and in the Brunswick community. So I want to make sure that we're working with BPD to vote in security to make our campus a safer place for all students. And that includes working with people like Benji Douglas to make sure that we're working on sexual assault prevention here on our campus. There are many issues that we can work together to solve. And that includes working on institutionally environmental issues. That includes building better connections. All right, I get the point. I get the point. That's not the one where he starts. Then... uh... Well, now it's a totally different, totally different guy, totally different thing. Cut 29. But then you come here to persecute me and tell me you just don't understand the rules of debate. When I know for a fact this house has not been a place of debate for Democrats. This house has not been a place of debate for people who are transgender. This house has not been a place of debate for people who are LGBTQIA. <laughs> is that the same guy? Uh, yeah, I guess it is. He put a costume on. I mean, what did he do? He watched a bunch of movies or something? I don't know. Did he watch the... Uh, well, 
He chose this character, and it's a character, a caricature, maybe. Uh, let's see. Oh, and he's saying that you came here to persecute me. Don't no, no. World's big. World doesn't revolve around you, Justin. And also that that's no place for LGBTQIA. Uh, wow, that's he's really painting with some. Bro- anyway, it took me another uh, fifteen seconds to find the first. Openly gay Republican member of the Tennessee House of Representatives. Yes, there is one. Yes. His name is Maris, and he's uh, openly gay, and he's down there working. But, you know, you see he has all these, uh, what's the word? Prejudices. All these prejudices in this worldview, right, where he could be this radical outsider. Let's see here. There's another one. Oh, what did this guy do after college? Oh, by the way, I try to figure that out. And it took me a lot longer than 15 seconds. I still don't know what the hell he did. Uh, let's see. Special assistant to the CEO of the Year Up organization. Okay. What does the Year Up organization do? Hmm. Uh, well, I got a little promotional video. I looked at a million promotional videos. I read their website. I still have no idea what the hell it is they do. But they talk a good game, a good, broad, vague Wholesome-sounding game. Cut 31. Life is all about risk. So coming into Europe, not knowing about Europe was definitely a risk, but I looked at it as an opportunity that I could either waste my time or utilize my time. The thing that made me certain that I had to sign up for this was just that there was no bad reason. Even when I was in it, it seemed too good to be true. They're they're paying me. I'm getting college credits. I'm learning. I'm in this community. Wow. Beautiful, huh? Uh, nobody knows what they do. Uh, nobody. College credits, but what? 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 What about the community? What's going on? Anyway, uh, all right. One, there's one guy who actually tried to make nice on Justin Pearson, and it went nowhere. But I like this guy. His name is William Lamberth. And listen to what he said. This is during the proceedings where they're trying to figure out whether they're going to kick this guy out or not. Cut 32, please. Cut 32. I understand that your voice matters. I would ask that you explain to this body why you feel like ours do not. Because on almost every single bill you've spoken, and I think your questions have been illuminated in certain issues that I might not have thought about because I haven't walked in your shoes. You haven't walked in mine. But those rules are there so that we can have this back and forth instead of people just shouting at each other in which nothing gets resolved. That sounds really nice. And what's his answer? What does he say to that? Huh? What was that? He's, he's the guy's reaching out. All right. Meet me halfway here. And Justin just yells at him. Cut 33. What about the thousands of people who were here that Thursday who you never recognized? What about the thousands of people here who your colleagues never made eye contact with or smirked at and and gave a thumbs up or laughed at? What about the thousands of people who came here saying we need to end gun violence and we need you to do something? And they were called insurrectionists by the speaker of this house. What about the thousands of people who marched the streets of Nashville and came up to this Capitol asking that? All right. All right. All right. Calm down. Calm down. All right. He was talking to you and only about 100 of you guys actually work there. Okay, people show up on the outside. He tried. He made an effort you didn't you're a bad guy i'll be back greg kelly entertaining and informative on the red apple podcast network (laughs) 
You know, I uh, I miss going to the store. I miss going to the mall. Remember when you went to the mall? Remember when you went to Sears just to look around? Uh, we don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. Am I the only one? I don't think we do that much anymore. Uh, the stores are different. Uh, everyone's buying stuff online. I hate that. I don't want, I want to see it first. I want to feel it. But, you know, with the phone, there are a million gadgets in there. So I don't really need much anymore. I don't need, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't. If you want a thermometer, you don't have to go out and buy one. This thing works as a thermometer. If you want a tape recorder, you don't have to go out and buy one. This thing works as a tape recorder, as a camera, as a, as a level, as a level. You know, the level with a little silly, uh, bubble in the middle of it and you can make sure everything was flat with the lines. This thing has that feature. It has a ruler. You can actually just aim it at a room and it'll tell you the dimensions of the room. I mean, it's great, I guess, but I don't have to go out and buy a ruler. And when you would get in the car and go to the store to get the ruler and you might meet the guy and he'll tell you something or who knows, you learn stuff along the way. Now you go to the stupid computer and then uh, you order your ruler and then two seconds later you're on some website that uh, maybe you don't want to really be on. Um I don't, uh, I don't like the way we're living right now. It's, uh, it's not the way I think we were intended to live. Um, and I got to come up with some coping mechanisms. I don't want to be somebody who is just, I can feel it in my eyes. I'm just, it, it brings us in. Uh, you heard me earlier raving about TikTok. Me, TikTok. Uh, I, I don't know. I'd rather, it's like the Matrix. It's like the Matrix. I would rather, what was it? The red pill or the blue pill? Take the hard reality over the soft illusion, you know? And by the way, you know what does help? And um, you've heard me talk about it. Well, the Bible. And uh, so this is a very busy week. They're all busy weeks. So I looked up, okay, what is the shortest gospel? Okay. I, I just, you got to start somewhere, you know? And I, I told you I need a reboot. Mark, in the New Testament, Mark, the chapters fly by. And they're very meaty, very, very juicy. And you can read a chapter in about five minutes. And uh, there's no better story in the world. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, baseball still pretty much stinks. I mean, nobody likes baseball. I got a friend, Anne Marie, an, a, a, a grown woman. Going to baseball games. I mean, what the hell? I'm sorry. I, there's Life has gotten way too fast. Nobody wants to stick around for this stuff. I can't tell. I watched the game. I watched a few minutes of it. Uh, it seems just as lame as it used to be. And I'm sorry. I used to like baseball as a kid, no longer as an adult. Uh, the world got a lot faster. Uh, baseball, just, I don't know, something, something's gone. Something's lost. And you know who the worst is? That silly commissioner. Whatever happened to Bowie Coon? That guy was cool. Now it's Man- Manfred Man, Man-, Man-, Man, Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred. This guy. And all of corporate America. This guy is very representative of corporate America. Cautious and woke. Cautious and woke and scared. So you remember the Georgia voting law? It's sick. It's sick. Republican, blah, blah, blah. they want to deprive people of water. There was all lies, all of it. But it was really intense, and people like Stacey Abrams yelling and screaming all over the place. So enough of them come into your office, you get scared. And that's what he did. Uh, Rob Manfred, the head of the Major League Baseball uh, organization, 
I have decided that the best way to demonstrate our values as a sport is by re- relocating this year's All-Star Game and MLB Draft. Major League Baseball fundamentally supports voting rights for all Americans and opposes restrictions to the ballot box. Well, so do we, you jerk. What a self-righteous, ignorant statement. And they moved. This is one of the reasons why I'm fed up with baseball. Who needs it? They moved it from Atlanta to uh, where the hell was it that year? Denver, Denver, Colorado, which, quite frankly, shouldn't even have a baseball team. And um, they were totally wrong about Georgia. It was a good law, a wholesome law, and it made sense. And look at what happened in the last election. Cut 37, please. The results from Georgia. Early voting is happening across Georgia, and we are already seeing record turnout. After day one, the Secretary of State's office says there was an 85% increase in voters from the last midterm election in 2018. Back-to-back days of more than 100,000 voters, that's never happened before in Georgia's history of every single midterm election to ever happen here. Wow. It was a raging success. You believed all the fake news and all the hype and all the Stacey Abrams of the world saying that this is racist. And the moment, the moment the left starts playing the race card, that's when you own corporate America. You own it. The left, often white liberals, by the way, uh, playing the race card. And then everybody goes, run. everybody, how can we comply? How can we comply? Whatever you do, don't pick at our business. Whatever you do, don't call us racist. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do. I want you to move the baseball game out of Atlanta. I want you to move the All-Star game out of Atlanta. The All-Star game's in two weeks. Okay, no problem. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Excuse me. Ooh, Stu in Brooklyn. Hello. Hey, uh, Colonel, how are you? Uh, Greg, I'm curious. Why do you think people hate Trump? Do you have the answer? Why do people hate Trump? Well, uh, what do you mean? Ask it. Lots of people hate him for different reasons. I mean, let's face it. Look, I understand some people don't like his manners. Some people don't like his uh, his personality. I say, look at the substance. Look at the policy. And I also say to my friend Donald Trump, and I consider him a friend, at the right moment, at the exact right moment, he needs to start talking to the left. I know it sounds insane. I know the left is insane. But at the right moment, just like Rocky II, Rocky Balboa, when he started going uh, right-handed in Rocky II against Apollo Creed, and it totally screwed up Apollo Creed, because I really think deep down the left has nothing to fear from Donald Trump. Anyway, they hate him for a million reasons. Uh, why? The uh, most brilliant woman who ever lived, who was supposed to become the first president of the United States, he beat so that's uh, enemy number one. Number two, he exposed the black Jesus, Barack Obama, as the incompetent boob that he really is, which has brought on the wrath of every one of these uh, black DAs. We're trying to bring him down and the attorney general. So he's got a uh, negatives because of the perception of this being anti-women. And yeah, anti-black. I like how you put it, Stu. His big his big crime, and I think I did this on my A Block last week, his big crime, the biggest thing of all, his biggest sin was winning in 2016. <laughs> That's why. That's why. Anyway, Stu, how's everything else? I'm getting ready to go to Oklahoma. Why? That's why I'm I'm looking at the machinery to buy and bring back and change the way you're going to buy coffee in the supermarket. 
Wow. Are you like an industrialist or are you a hobbyist? What is this? Uh, that sounds like a big thing. I'm an 86-year-old curmudgeon who at 86 is starting a new business because the one I had went into the toilet because of because of what? And the one thing you can't get on, well, I know so quiet, private label coffee for about 200 supermarkets. And the one thing you can't get online is the aroma of fresh coffee coming right out of a roaster. And after a lot of research, I found something made in this country that's absolutely unique in the world. Oh, man. Well, it's good luck. For the stores. I'd love to make some cash here. Is there any way to invest? I can have you talk to my attorneys looking to raise money right now. Because you may wind up wanting to license something. And I have a friend who used to build boilers who's now doing real estate, and I talked right. to him about it. Sounds a little bit today. speculative for me. I mean, I want a sure thing. I want a slam dunk. I want to make. I want to turn money, you know, overnight. That's kind of the thing I'm looking for right now. So uh, I'll take a pass, but maybe someday. Stu, can I just ask you one more thing? Why Oklahoma? What what what's there? What, what what do they have there that we don't have here? What is this thing you're getting? Machine is manufactured out there by someone who's been in business 40 years, and uh, it's the only one of its type in the world that works. All right. I'm impressed, Stu. Good luck with this. I hope you make a fortune, and don't forget your friends. Thank you, pal. Uh, Jeff is in Forest Hills. What's up? Yeah, Greg, I just wanted to comment on uh, on the uh, the Dalai Lama. Yeah? I think you love it. Yeah, well... Well, I heard he's not too good of a golfer, just saying. Uh, and, he, and he doesn't pay. But uh, that's horrible. What, are you, being, are you being cute or something? Is this some sort of inside joke? I don't get it. No, Dunga Dunga from, from, you know, when he stepped uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray told the story great. He hit into a 10,000-foot glacier. Oh, and, uh, oh, you mean, uh, you know, no, 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 not Bill Murray, not Bill Murray, Rodney Dangerfield. No, but Bill Murray told the story. He had the pitchfork up against the caddy. Now, I'm annoyed because not just caddying, but we cut, I cut greens my whole life, and we do that all the time. So now it's not going to be cool to do that. You know what I'm saying? We do, do the gunga galunga, you know. I don't know. Now you're losing me again. I don't know what you're talking about. But uh, right. what about Dalai Lama? The Dalai Lama himself, the flowing robes, you know, six-sided llama. And he hit a golf shot into a 10,000-foot glacier. And when they got done playing golf... All right, you told that story. I still didn't. All right, thank you very much, Jeff. Hey, what about that Dalai Lama anyway? I mean, what is he, a Buddhist? What is he, a monk? What is he? They think he's They think he's a deity, right? They think he's something. I can't stand it, and this happens all the time when I meet somebody, usually, uh, <laughs> usually some 20-something uh, woman tells me I'm a Buddhist. I'm like, you don't know the first thing about Buddhism, right? I mean, you really don't know the first thing about Buddhism. And um, neither do I, oh, by the way. But I'm like, all right, so tell me the tenets of Buddhism. And then they it, they throw some claptrap at me. I don't know. I just, it's it's one of these instant, I they don't know what they're doing. And too often, they just reject the faith that they grew up with because, I don't know what, it's too familiar or something, not exotic enough for you, Uh it's all a, it's become a fashion statement. Faith is like a fashion statement. I think it should be a way of life, you know, not just, uh, and I don't think the Dalai Lama can get you out of the jams, quite frankly, that God and his son Jesus can get you out of. Uh, I just, I don't think so. I don't think so. And now we know so. 
after what he did, after what he did with that little boy. Scott in, uh, how are you? What's up? Hi, Greg. Uh, I was really moved by your enthusiasm, enthusiasm for God. And uh, I've been reading a couple books by this author. His name is J.J. Hurtak, H-U-R-T-A-K. One is called The Keys of Enoch, and the other one is called The Fist of Sophia, which is Greek for the faith of wisdom. And these books are like higher knowledge of God, very high level. And I really think you should get them and read them. Uh, who's this J.J. Hurtak person? He is a professor, and in 1973, he prayed to God and asked God for guidance and how he could help his fellow man. And Enoch appeared to him in a body of light and took him into the heavens and showed him all the heavens and went to uh, the constellation Orion. All right, wait a second. You believe this guy? How do we know it's true? I mean, uh, I mean J.J. Hurtock. Hey, have you finished the entire Bible? Yes. I've read through it many times. All right. And uh, the Bible is great, beautiful. And Jesus is great, everything. And uh, this, I'm just saying that this knowledge is, you know, when Enoch walked with God and God took him, he never saw death. Well, I have no, I love Enoch, but I don't know about this JJ character. I don't know about him. I didn't know anything about this. All right, I'll have to look into it. But uh, I'm a little skeptical, Scott. Forgive me, I am. You know, I hear about this. Uh, you know, he's a man and he wrote this. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, Scott, what do you do? I know it's real. Uh, it's very high level. But what you could do is go onto his website. Uh, I don't want to do that. I'll look it up. I'll take care of it. Look, Scott, what do you do? What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I used to play music. I used to be in different bands touring throughout the country. What instrument? Uh, guitar and keyboards and vocals. Oh, and I composed a bunch of music, a piano concerto and uh, uh, prelude and a couple, little bit of a sonata and uh, two albums of uh, progressive fusion music. Wow. What kind of gigs did you play? I'm curious. Well, to tell you the truth, Greg, they weren't that great. The band that I was in... Uh, now, this is going back for almost 40 years. I'm, 60, I'm going on 64 years old. Uh, so I did this when I was in my 20s. But uh, the band that I was in basically played uh, Top 40. All right. And, uh, <clears throat> and played uh, the Holiday Inn Circuit and a couple major clubs, like on the Ohio River, Pennsylvania Ohio River. The Holiday Inn Circuit, just like in Blues Brothers. Remember those guys? <laughs> they were playing the Holiday Inn circuit. Listen, I know they're talented people everywhere you turn. Hey, Scott, uh, thanks for the tip about J.J. Hurtak. I am a little skeptical, but uh, you never know. Thank you, Scott. Uh, oh, be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Three-year-old, Devin Page, remember, he was shot and killed by a stray bullet while he was just sleeping in his own bed. Police say an innocent bystander in the Bronx was killed during a night of gun violence across the city. Police say this 36-year-old mother was an innocent bystander when she was shot and killed. Oh, no, 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 that's not happening. That's all, uh, that's all anecdotal, right? That's all anecdotal. Crime is going down. Shootings and murders going down. Just ask Ewick Adams. Every time, every time. The government is doing a good job, according to the government. 
I don't believe them. We all know it. And by the way, I'm looking outside right now. New York is a shell, uh, a shell of itself, what it used to be. This is Midtown Manhattan on uh, what day is today? Tuesday, uh, 2.50 in the afternoon. Place should be teeming. People going from meeting to meeting. You know what? Number one, uh, no, it's not happening. People are at home. People, I see, <laughs> I see about 70, uh, I see one guy wearing a suit. <laughs> one guy. Everybody else is basically wearing pajamas out there. Everybody else is in pajamas. One guy's wearing a suit. And no, oh, by the way, he's a security guard at the building. Um, it's kind of pathetic what New York has become. Pot is everywhere. Ewick, uh, boasting about, uh, reduced crime. They play game with, with the numbers, you know. Oh, yes. That's one of the reasons why he wanted all the good police chiefs out and his, uh, cronies installed. So they could just make up numbers. Hey, I've seen this before. Do you know there's this little trick? Uh, de Blasio, de Blasio started it. So let's say they find a dead body with a gunshot wound, right? A dead body with a gunshot wound. And they can actually say that that might have been a suicide. So they don't count it as a murder. It's true. They can do that. Well, wait a second. There's no gun in the guy's right hand. Well, the gun was stolen. We have to investigate it. So they put it up in a little category that's like unsolved. It's not a homicide. It's one of the little things they do. Um, a barrage of bullets. It's not exactly, it's not necessarily a shooting if no one got shot. All right, a barrage of bullets that break windows. We don't have to call that a shooting. They play all kinds of little games here. And, oh, by the way, cops are quitting in droves. Understandably, cops are less inclined to be engaged than ever before because so many people in the public, they just want to get them in trouble, whip out their cameras, complain about them, uh, throw water at them, throw rocks at them, call them racist, call them horrible things. Um, this city is so different. So different. It's like a bad dream. It really is, especially that Ewick is uh, the mayor. Although I must admit, he kind of like has faded away. You know, it just doesn't uh, doesn't really. I don't know. It doesn't really cross my mind very often. Possibly because we're so consumed with national politics. But New York is dead. New York is dead in so many ways. Greatest city ever. It's. And we know, we know how to do, we, we, we knew how to keep this city running well. You know, de Blasio, so much of this is on him. First, he pretended the NYPD was broken. Then he pretended to fix what wasn't broken. And now he's actually managed to break it. He did it. And is, uh, the idiotic crime fighter. Remember? I stood on this corner at the bulletproof vest. Well, we should have elected the bulletproof vest, not Eric. And just like those um, those misfits from Tennessee who are boasting about democracy and boasting that they were voted into power and boasting that they represent hundreds of thousands of people, they don't. Very, very few people voted for those guys. I mean, like a couple of hundred. And just like Eric Adams in a city of 8 million people, I think it was just under 200,000 that made him the mayor. 200,000 in a city this big. And uh, that's one of the reasons why they want us smoking that dope and watching Netflix and buying crap from Amazon and staying inside and just going with the flow, just kind of going along with it. And uh, I'm not going to. Are you? Hey, have you started writing letters yet? Once you get into it, it's 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 almost addictive. It's uh, wow. And you get responses. I should re- read some of them. Sometimes they give me attitude, but sometimes they actually they ask for a meeting. Sometimes 
Now, I'll have a lot to say about that coming up. Uh, Connie in Belvedere, New Jersey. Hello. Is there an, isn't that, uh, Belvedere? Isn't there a good steakhouse in Belvedere that Chris Christie likes to eat at? Um, let me see. In it's Belvedere? It, yeah. It's in the basement. Oh. It's in, it's a basement steak. All right. Never mind. Uh, what, uh, what else? Uh, well, I, I wanted to tell you because you mentioned, uh, Biden going out of, uh, out of town, sort of, and he's always going out of town. But the ones that are coming into the White House is George George Soros Jr. He's been there for 14 times, uh, just stirring the turds, and uh, I guess his father can't make it anymore, so he took over. And um, I always said that uh, Obama was uh, the real source uh, that that's uh, in charge. So if George Soros is there, I'm sure Obama is there. Well, yeah, those Soroses are very, very strange, very, very rich, and they're spending money to ruin this country. And I did see that. What the hell would he be going to the White House that many times? I mean, how long has Biden been president? Two and a half. He's, that means he's going like every every six weeks or so. Every six weeks, George Soros Jr. shows up at the White House. Very wrong. Very wrong. It's... uh Oh, gosh, how much. So when George Soros dies, and it should be pretty soon, let's face it, he's old. There's uh, there's George Soros Jr. waiting in the wings. Uh, one of those Soros kids uh, is known to, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Let me get that. Uh, thank you very much, Connie. Thank you. And let's do, before I go forever, for tonight at least, uh, Robert in Suffolk County, yes. Hi, Greg. How Biden and Harris. Biden and Harris need to be shamed. Until they give out medals to those police officers in Tennessee, and also the girls, the little girl's family was brave enough and died for pulling the fire alarm and saving her classmates' lives. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Isn't it amazing that Kamala Harris would go all the way down there and not meet with the families? You know, just meet with those two uh, bozos. Uh, jumping up and down, claiming racism all over the place, right? And Joe Biden speaking about them. Remember when he talked about the Covenant shooting? Remember when he was giggling about chocolate chip ice cream and all that stuff? You're right. He ought to be shamed. But, but, but he has no shame. He has no shame. All right, listen, I got to get ready for the nighttime show. Glenn, Alex, Rachel, the rest, I'm sorry. I have no more time. No time today. We'll pick it up tomorrow. Hey, is Rudy in-house? Good. I got to talk to him. Uh, America's Mayor is next. I'll see you tonight. Oh, my book. Hey, have you bought your copy yet? Audio you can get. You can get it on Kindle or you can get the hard copy. It's called Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Published by Simon & Schuster, blue chip publisher. For little old me, Greg Kelly, I'll see you tonight. Thank you.